Mukama Yeba Zibwe. This is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you, beloved, in deeper into the Word of God. Mukama Wafe Yeba Zibwe, Mukama Mulungi, Nimusanyufu Ukuba Nawe, Amina, Yesu, Akwagala Baba. Aquagala. I hope that last part is right. Quagala nyo, Amina. I I hope you can hear in my voice that I'm happy to be with you, grateful to God to be with you, praying for you, and just rejoicing in you and that you are listening to this broadcast. Well, let's pray, beloved, before we get into the Word of God, and um, let me first ask you a question before we pray. Are you hungry to know God? Are you hungry to know Him and to make Him known to others? Let's pray. Holy Father, hallowed be your name. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are my teacher. And now, Holy Spirit, we cannot get anything out of your word unless you open our eyes our ears, and our hearts. Stir within us a deep desire to produce great fruit for the glory of the Father and of the Son and to work with you, Holy Spirit, to be your blessing to everybody that we come into contact with, believers and the unsaved so that we might deepen your church and win the unsaved to faith in Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Now, before we get, before we go into the message, we're in our series that uh, is focusing on a mighty foundation. The series is called How to Have a Mighty Foundation. Again, the series, the title of the series is How to Have a Mighty Foundation. And we're beginning at the most important point, and that is the knowledge of God. Knowing God is the greatest gift of all. All and this is part two uh, as we go through the knowledge of God, knowing God, the greatest gift of all. But before we get there, I want to build your confidence in knowing Him through prayer, but especially praying the Word of God, praying the Word of God. And so I'm going to begin in Micah. In the Old Testament, 
in Micah chapter 7 and verse 7. I want to give uh, my colleagues time to turn to Micah. So if you go to Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, then you got Hosea. And then after Hosea, you have Amos. And then after Amos, you have um, uh, Micah. Is that right? Uh, Is there something after Amos? Uh, Obadiah. I knew there was something after Obadiah. Obadiah, Jonah, and then Micah. We are in Micah chapter 7, and I'm going to read verse 7. Then I want to teach you how to turn what you read from the Word of God into praying the Word of God, okay? So Micah chapter 7, verse 7, is beautiful, and it says this, But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord, for Yahweh. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Wow. Jewanisa. Now, let's turn this around and pray it personally. Personally. Would you, would you uh, repeat after me, Heavenly Father, or I think the best word would be, would be Baba, Heavenly Father, as for me, are you praying with me? Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as for me, I will watch expectantly for you. Let's say that again. I will watch expectantly for you. I will wait for you. You are the God of my salvation. And you, Father, will hear me. And I give you thanks and praise that you are my covenant-keeping, Miracle-working, prayer-answering God. Hallelujah. You see, my friends, there's a good example of what we mean when we say katonda mulungi. Those are uh, explanations of his goodness. Now, we're... Now we're ready to get into our series, How to Have a Mighty Foundation. And the beginning, the most important part of that of all is the privilege, the prize of knowing God personally. That, my friends, is the greatest gift that any human being could ever have. It is the most expensive or priceless gift, but it comes at a cost. And what is that cost? It is the shed blood of Jesus on the cross for you 
so that you and I could be reconciled to God with a personal, experiential knowledge of him. It's not riches. It's not fame. Only some are rich. And in many cases with them, their problems are multiplied. Only some are famous. But the truth is, the dirty secret is, they are usually very lonely, very miserable people. But the one who knows God and is hungry to seek him and to know him, well, what did David say? In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. That's Psalm Zaburi 1611. Psalm 1611. David was a man after God's own heart, and David knew his God, didn't he? And David was, therefore, a satisfied man, a blessed man, a happy man, a man who lived with purpose in his life. Now, my friends, that is available to you and to me. Those of you who are younger, it's available to you. Better put, God is available to you every moment of every day. Every moment of every day. That's what I love about him. He is so accessible. Now, let's begin um, our our uh, search in Scripture by looking at the negative aspect of not knowing God. What does the Bible say about not knowing God? Well, it says that it is the greatest tragedy of all. Now, I'm turning to Isaiah chapter 1. So if you have a Bible, please turn with me to Isaiah. My second favorite book in the Old Testament, my favorite is the Psalms. Isaiah chapter 1. I love the prophet Isaiah. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 2. Listen to what he says or what the Lord says through him. Listen O heavens, and hear, O earth, for the Lord speaks, Yahweh speaks, and here's what he says, sons I have reared and brought up, but they have revolted against me, an ox knows its owner and a donkey its master's manger. But Israel, verse 3, Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Now, it the Hebrew word 
translated know, refers to an experiential knowledge. That is a personal relationship, a personal knowledge. But the fact that they don't know God, you can hear the heart of God. It is a tragedy. And then because they don't know God, there is a predictable outcome or result beginning in verse 4. Notice how Isaiah observes the tragic results. He says, alas, sinful nation, people weighed down with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, sons who act corruptly. Why? He says, they have abandoned Yahweh and they have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away from him. The great tragedy. This was their choosing. Despite later in Isaiah, where God says, I have spread out my hands all day long to a rebellious people. Mm. Well, it just gets worse. In verse 5, Isaiah, or perhaps Yahweh is still speaking through Isaiah, where will you be stricken again as you continue in your rebellion? Notice the, the pleading, the appealing. The whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. Verse six, from the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is nothing sound in it, only bruises, welts, and raw wounds, not pressed out or bandaged, nor softened with oil. You see, my friends, I could go on, and I would encourage you to read the rest of Isaiah 1. You know, the people talked as if they knew God. But God, who knows the hearts of all men, revealed that what they were saying about God and knowing him was lip service. I'm not sure how that will translate. You know, they're just talking but not doing. Well, because their heart is not right with him, in verse 15 of Isaiah 1, he says, So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even though you multiply prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. I'll have to read on verses 16 and 17. Watch this. 
Now, here is Yahweh still willing to redeem them. That is an amazing indication or insight into the love of God. Watch this in verse 16. He says, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. That is Hebrew language for repent of your sin. Remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Cease to do evil, learn to do good. Seek justice, that is to do what's right in God's eyes. Reprove the ruthless, that is the violent. And then I love this. Defend the orphan, plead for the widow. You see, my friends, God is dealing with a society that has broken down because they refuse to obey him and people are miserable. You see, that is a negative example of not knowing God. And so we learn the lesson that is not to know God brings about serious consequences, but to know him brings about the greatest joy and purpose there is. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Philippi, in Philippians 1.21, which is what you should memorize, says this. Paul said, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Because what he meant by that is that the very second he died, he knew he would be straight in the presence of the Lord. And he says that just a few verses later, where he says to depart and be with Christ is very much better. Now, my friends, how do we apply this? How can we have a mighty foundation. Well, I hinted at it early in the message, and that is to be hungry for God, to be hungry for his word. I would encourage you, if you can, to listen to my series called the Know Your Faith series on shortwave radio, Voice of Hope Africa on Sunday mornings or Tuesday evenings as I go through the Gospel of Luke. And I just preach through one of my favorite passages in Luke chapter 10. And um, if you'd like to turn with me there, I want to show you someone who is hungry to know God and someone who allowed herself to be distracted too easily. In Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 38. 
Now, as they were traveling along, Luke is speaking about Jesus and his disciples. He entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Verse 39, she had a sister called Mary. Watch this now, who is seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. And I love Jesus' response. Verse 41, But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried. You are, the word means agitated. You are worried. You are agitated and bothered about so many things. But one thing is necessary. Only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. You know, nothing is said about Mary in this passage. Why? Because she's in the presence of the Lord. She is content. She is listening to his word. <laughs> She's in the center of God's will. She has a mighty foundation and she recognizes the most important thing which Luke calls or Jesus calls the one thing. So how can you know God? How can you have a mighty foundation? It is to be a one thing man or a one thing woman. And what is that one thing? It's to know the Lord. And he makes it easy. We make it hard because we allow ourselves to be distracted from what's really important. Now, my friends, that doesn't mean that we don't serve the Lord. It doesn't mean that. But service should always come out of presence. That is the key. Service should always come out of presence. Because if we're trying to serve the Lord without being in his presence, then we're doing things in our own strength. And I have nothing to give to you unless I have been in the Lord's presence. Then I have him to offer you. Amen, Amina. Now, there are some who are listening to this broadcast and you have, you do not have any of this. 
and you know it, and the Holy Spirit has and is showing you, you are outside of a relationship with God. But you can have that changed right this minute. If you are willing to surrender your life to the Savior of the world, the only one who can forgive you of your sin and reconcile you to God. Now, I want to pray with you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But I want you to pray with me these words. Lord Jesus Christ, pray with me. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Take my life, Lord Jesus. Use it for your glory. And I will live for you and I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have heard my prayer. And thank you, Jesus, that you are now my Lord and Savior. Wow. Chewenisa, Mukama Yebazibwe, let me pray for you. Father, protect them from the powers of darkness and cause them to walk with you earnestly all the days of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, I want to pray for those who are listening to this broadcast that God, your Father, would come and encourage you. He is, he is the Father of mercies, and the God of all encouragement. And it's on my heart to pray for those of you who are struggling with life. You're struggling with discouragement or loneliness or depression or some sort of illness or fear. I speak peace to you in the name of Jesus. Shalom, shalom, to you, Linya, Ya Yesu. And may the Spirit of God fill you afresh and renew you and visit you and visit you and visit you again and again and again. May he bless you. May he reveal his love for you. May he change you and transform you forevermore. And I can almost see people just touched by the presence of God and the tears are flowing. Hands are upraised. Hallelujah. God answers prayer and he loves you. Now, I'm always concerned for the children. Father, would you provide naturally and supernaturally for the children throughout the Kamuli region with for school fees, for clothes, for food for the orphans? Would you protect them from sickness and disease and calamity and over all the powers of darkness? Would you surround them with your 
warring angels so that no evil can touch them? And would you reveal yourself to them and draw them close to you at a young age? And then, Father, finally, would you bring forth your miraculous power to heal bodies all over this region and to provide financially and to hear the prayers of those who have been crying out to you. And may it be that you are glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, my friends, I love you. And I am looking forward to being with you again soon. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.